Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 468, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And this week, I want to share with you a little confession. Uh, It's something that might shock some of you, but for the first time in over 11 years, I actually went a three-week period of time recently without listening to a single podcast episode. Now, again, this is it's crazy for me to even think that that is even possible because I have always been in love with consuming audio podcasts, and I still am, by the way. But for a three-week period of time, and it ended a week ago, but for the cor- over the course of three weeks, I had been t- completely obsessed with the Harry Potter series. My daughter, who is 11 years old, is obsessed with Harry Potter. Everything she thinks about is either Harry Potter or Hamilton right now. And I wanted to kind of jump into her world and have something that she and I could communicate on on a very deep level. My wife went through the entire book series several years ago, so she's been able to enjoy that world with her. And so I've watched the movies before, but to be quite honest with you, I, even though we've had we've seen most of the movies at the theaters, we've got them on Blu-ray, and I think even before that we had some of them on reg- regular DVD, but we've had Harry Potter marathons. We went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando. I mean, Harry Potter has been a part of our family culture, at least in the movie form, for for decades now, it seems like. Uh, if that, if, however long it's been around, and I think it has been uh, maybe two decades. I, 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 these things aren't relatively new. So, anyway, the the funny thing is, is no matter how many times I've seen these movies, maybe four or five times, some of them, the reality is, is prior to reading these books, I couldn't tell you the difference between a Death Eater and a Deathly Hallow and a Dementor. I couldn't tell you the difference between Hogshead, Hogsmeade, and the Leaky Cauldron. I wouldn't be able to tell you about any of those things. I, the, these were all terms that maybe I would have been able to associate it with uh, with Harry Potter, but I couldn't tell you what they all are. Today, however, uh, I, 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 I know a great deal about Harry Potter, and I became completely and utterly obsessed over a three-week period of time. In fact... It was the audiobooks that really sucked me in. And if you have not heard of Jim Dale before, as a narrator, he does the unabridged readings of all seven books of Harry Potter in the over at audible.com. And he has this incredible ability to give a different voice to every single character in the Harry Potter series. And there are like hundreds of characters. And every one of them have their own voice. In fact, there are many times where some, like the the book, will he's reading the book as it's written, and the book will have words from somebody, and then, you know, J.K. Rowling will introduce who that character is by saying, you know, said so-and-so, or Snape came around the corner. He said, say, anyway, but I knew who the voice was. I knew who the character was saying it just by hearing the voice, even though I might not have heard that person's voice for several chapters, or maybe it's the first time I'm hearing it in this book uh, since, you know, anyway, it's just incredible. Jim Dale is amazing, made this story come to life, beautifully written series, Um, but yeah, the interesting thing is that I just like all out consumed, 
blew my mind. I never would have imagined. In fact, here's the deal. How do I get through all seven books? And these books are not short, by the way. Some some of them are. The first couple ones are okay. The but the the latter books, they're 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 hefty books. I think one of the audiobooks is like 24 hours, another one is 22 hours, one another one I think is 21 hours. And so that, but there are seven of these books and I consumed all eight movies. How did I do it? Well, first of all, I want to tell you that typically my morning routine would be while I'm, as soon as I get out of bed and I'm, you know, going to get dressed or I'm uh, getting ready, you know, while I'm in the shower, there's, there used to be podcasts being played while I'm cooking myself breakfast, while I'm sitting down eating my breakfast, I would used to be listening to podcasts. And when I go to lunch or drive to lunch or whatever, or while I'm fixing myself lunch, I would be listening to podcasts. Well, all of that time for a three-week period of time was completely replaced with listening to the audio versions of Harry Potter. And not only that, but I was so obsessed to this, I actually found and created more opportunities for me to listen. So it, it's crazy, and I I don't know how I did this. My wife's like, I just can't see how that's possible. But every now and then, I would be down here in my office, and I would have, I, I want to refill my water bottle. I have a 48-ounce water bottle that sits on my desk, and I drink it all day long and a couple refill it a couple times. Well, if I go upstairs to refill it, even if it's only a three- to five-minute break that I take, I will literally take my phone with me and I will fire up and I will listen to five minutes of Harry Potter while I refill my water bottle. I won't go into more detail, but there are other places that I would listen to it. Um, And not only that, but I would use the audio or the Audible app you can set a sleep timer and I have these wireless earbuds that I that I have that I usually use while I'm out cycling and stuff like that. But I put my wireless earbuds in and I'm laying down on my pillow at night and I would say, hey, I want Jim Dale to read to me for 30 minutes. And what I would do is I'd just lay back and listen to the story for 30 minutes. And if I'm still awake when it stops playing, then I will go in and I'll say, hey, extend the sleep timer for another 30 minutes. If I fall asleep at some point, then what I do is the very next morning when I wake up, I would actually back it up and all the way to the place where I remember, oh yeah, I remember this. And then I would just have him pick up from there. So that's why I set the sleep timer so it doesn't finish all the way to the end of the book. But anyway, here's here's the deal. First of all, why am I sharing with this with you? Well, first of all, I think it's interesting to think that what is life like three whole weeks as the podcast answer man without listening to a single podcast? It was a little awkward. It was a little different. Uh, but the good news is that this obsession did not keep me from accomplishing major and massive action in my business. In fact, I was motivated through the whole process as well. And and so business-wise, workout-wise, family-wise, still got all the things done that I wanted to accomplish. I just had this added enjoyment. And there were many times that I would actually be working out. Um, and by the way, I, I've been doing some things called fasted cardio runs in the morning. And these things, are typically these fasted cardio runs, I, I try to get in a three-mile run in 30 minutes. And typically, I would I need the music. I need some really upbeat music with a fast beat to it to kind of just get me in the groove and keep me moving without thinking about the fact that I'm actually sitting here running on a treadmill. But there were some days where I was just like so into the story that I'm actually having Jim Dale read me this book for 30 or 45 minutes while I'm on the treadmill. 
and and it's it's actually so consuming my thoughts and I'm so into the story that yeah it worked almost as well as the music although I will tell you the music worked better so not every day during the three weeks did I do my fasted cardio runs with with Harry Potter being read to me there were some times I just like listen I need the music the music will motivate me in a way that just Jim Dale reading to me is not going to get me (laughs) moving the way I need to move but so here's the deal. I absolutely loved Harry Potter and and I actually spent the first two or three days after uh, Harry Potter was over, after finishing all of it and watching the last movie, I, I, I went two days without actually returning to podcast. I was suffering from withdrawal. I mean, seriously, this story was so engaging. But I think there are some takeaways, and I thought about, you know, should I share this with you guys? And it's not like, am I, tr- you know, afraid to confess to you guys that I went three weeks without a podcast? I mean, I, I did went three weeks without a podcast. But I think there are some takeaways that I want to share with you about this Harry Potter. There are a couple things. And first of all, I want to tell you that there's, I love to get lost in an engaging story. I have heard many online mentors out there who have said if you really want to be successful in life you need to completely ditch the television you need to completely ditch fiction you know fiction is a waste of time and and not some people there are some people who literally have given that advice you know this is a waste of your time a waste of your life quit you know wasting your hours watching movies quit watching television you know, I I just don't believe that. I I enjoy entertainment and I think that it's okay to to rest and to relax, to withdraw and to enter into the world of imagination. And 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 I do that quite frequently and I enjoy it. Uh I I randomly have obsessions that of entertainment that that jump from one thing to the next from time to time. Uh, actually, I've been watching The A-Team on Netflix, the original 80s series of The A-Team, and I think I'm like, I've watched the first nine episodes uh, over the past 10 days during the evening just because, you know, I'm, I've got some free time. I'm going to just watch an episode each night. So I've been in, I've been enjoying that. So um, yeah, entertainment. I think it's okay to be entertained and to enjoy that. I think that you can run into some issues if that seems to be like your escape from a world that that is full of stress and anxiety and you seem to use this as a coping mechanism to 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 kind of numb the pain of your day-to-day existence and you seem to be obsessed with it and you can't get anything else accomplished because of it. Now for me, this wasn't a, a problem. In fact, during the three weeks that I consumed every single book and movie in the Harry Potter series, uh, which I have not read A Cursed Child yet, although I do plan on reading that next. Uh, there's just not an audio version of it, so I'm going to have to read it on Kindle, which means I'll have less time that I can actually consume that. But anyway, but during the during the three weeks that I consumed this and I was completely obsessed with it, um, I still accomplished more in my business during those three weeks than other times because, again, I'm, it's actually, the story is motivating me. It's inspiring me. It's, it's actually, yeah, I just find it motivating. And I'm like, wow. And it actually gives me a, just a little burst of energy, if you will. So I, I just want to encourage people, don't feel, don't allow yourself to feel guilty 
just because some other online or real physical mentors out there tell you that entertainment, movies, television, book series, and stuff like that are a waste of time. I think I think they can be. I think they can be overconsumed. <laughs> you could argue that I overconsumed. But at the same time, I can tell you right now, my family was not neglected. My work was not neglected. My physical health was not neglected. My friends were not neglected. My responsibility, I, I did everything I wanted to do, plus I had the most thrilling, exciting adventure of, of this fantasy world that I absolutely fell in love with and, and that I will treasure. And now, I can go to quizzard competitions with my 11-year-old daughter and we can we can show them our Harry Potter wisdom and knowledge. But there's another takeaway here. Another takeaway from this experience for me is that you make time for the things that are most important to you. So anybody who says, well, I would love to do that, but I don't have time. The reality is, is we all have the same amount of time. Every single human being who whose heart beats every day, we all have 24 hours in a day. You choose how many hours you sleep. You choose how many hours you work. You choose how many hours you spend watching TV. You spend. You choose, and 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 yes, it is your choice. I mean, unless you are a slave or there's some kind of weird circumstance where. Uh, you don't have the freedom to choose, but the reality is, is we all, I would, I would venture to say everybody listening to my voice right now, you're, you're spending this time listening to me speak to you because you're choosing to do so. You, you obviously feel that this is important to you. And by the way, that is very honored. I am honored that you feel like this is important to you, that my sharing what's going on in my, what words I want to share with you, the fact that you find this valuable and that it's important to you, that you're listening, it means a ton to me. And as if for those of you who are podcasters, I want you to understand that as well. Make sure you understand that if people are listening to you, it's because they feel that it's important to them. Nobody has to listen to an audio podcast. Nobody has to listen to an episode of your show. Nobody is forced to do so, but the fact that they do so means that you're important to them. The things that you say are important to them, and that's huge, but but going back to this other takeaway, though, I can tell you right now, for a three-week period of time, Harry Potter was a priority. Harry Potter was important to me. The story was important. Getting to the, to know what was going to happen next was, go, was important to me. It it was inc- to see character development was important to me to be inspired by some of the ways that these ca- characters thought and the th- actions they did they took and and all of the other stuff just the creativity of JK Rowling to come up with this world is just mind blowing and so yeah it was important to me and that's how i was able to consume so much of this world in a 3 week period of time so just imagine, it, what what is it that you feel like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could learn that. I wish I could get better at this skill or this task. Are you willing to devote three hour or three weeks of every free moment that you have? And also, can you free up moments of things that you're doing, uh, devoted those moments that are devoted to other things 
is this thing more important than those things? Because here's what I can tell you. You're always going to end up doing the things that are most important to you. And so if you say, I would like to do that, but I just don't have time, what you are saying is, I would like to do that, but there are other things that are more important to me. That's all, it, it, it's, that, it's not that you don't have time, because you do have time. What you're saying is, I, have, I would love to do that, but other things are more important to me. That, that, there, that is, I, I, I don't think you could argue with that. I think if, if you really are honest with yourself, if you say, I don't have time, what you're saying is, no, I've chosen that other things are more important for me to spend this time on. And and that may be the case. And so, and, and you just live up to that and that's fine. And again, some people would say, oh my gosh, three weeks, Cliff. That all, just think of all the things. No, I gained a ton from this and I loved it. And I'm back to listening to podcasts. It's been, I've been back for a week now. I'm almost caught up with all of my favorite shows. I'm still a couple episodes behind on two or three podcasts, but I'll get there probably within the next week. So I'll be back to the place where what happened was some people went on vacation that I listened to their podcast and they pre-recorded a couple things and I'm like, okay, this is, okay, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to go and look for some things and it, you know what got me into Harry Potter? I started looking, I, I had somebody reach out to me about an audio drama podcast that they did uh, called Archive 81 and I went and listened to it and I, you know, I, I really got caught up into the story. I thought it was really good really well produced. I thought the last two episodes of the of the series were a complete letdown and I and I hated the end of the story. Um, in fact, I don't even know if I actually listened to all of the final episode of RKV81. It was perfect until the final two episodes of the first season and then I'm like, yeah, okay, this is weird. So I did, I, I was, but the thing is, is I got sucked into an audio drama podcast and then I was starting to think, you know, an audio drama, you know what, let me get into Harry Potter. I've got these audio books. I've got this series. Yeah, I'll get into it. But you make time for what you, what you find is most important. Now, I want to read to you some quotes that came from this book. And by the way, there are so many quotes that I could pull out of Harry Potter, all the different books that are just absolutely amazing. But I have one, two, three, four quotes that I want to share with you from this book. And I believe all of these are from Dumbledore. Uh, So the first one, it says, it is our choices, Harry, that show what we really are, far more than our abilities. And this is from the Chamber of Secrets story. Now, what happened in the story of uh, Harry Potter when it relates to this quote, Harry Potter has all of these abilities, like some of these abilities that just come naturally to him, such as his ability to to have a skillful flying ability with his magic broom. Uh, he has the ability to speak parcel tongue, which I won't go into detail about what that is, but it's something that is it's an ability that not everyone has and it's associated with things most people think are are not great. So he has some of these abilities, but he also has so many other abilities and he has all these other traits, these abilities, skills, and traits that are very similar to somebody else who is a very evil and, and negative and destructive person. And 
he's afraid that, man, I, I, am I going to turn out just like this? Am, am I doomed to be like that? And so he has all of these skills. And and he, the other thing is there's these houses that they divide these uh, students up to in this, in this school of Hogwarts. And there's the Slytherin class or the Slytherin family. And the Slytherins are notorious for being a little bit not so not so great. Uh, they have some of the the founding member, the founding member of the house of Slytherin, uh, had some some pretty terrible, um, let's see, worldview and mindset, if you will, and some ideas and opinions. And so Slytherin is known to be a little bit more of the, a, a kind of a a crowd that is. Is a little bit more on the darker side, if you will. And the way that they get chosen is interesting to go into these different houses. And Harry, the the way that it was chosen for him, he could have gone into Slytherin. He could have gone into another. And he said, please, I know you, I'd rather go here. I'd rather go here. So Dumbledore is like, listen, it is our choices, Harry, that show who we really are or what we really are far more than our abilities. And so don't worry about the fact that you have so much in common with this bad person, that you have some of these skills that nobody else seems to have except for this bad person. That The fact that you can do these things, the, the fact that you have these abilities, it's it's not that, it's what you choose to do with them. It's, it's how, and the fact that Harry went out of his way to choose to free somebody that um, most people would have never thought to free, somebody that he chose to save, and actually many different times that he's actually chose to save. It's the choices that he made and the what he did with the abilities that he had. So I love this, and 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 we think about this in our own life, and, and sometimes I, I think about this quote and I think, what about some of the abilities we don't have? Sometimes we, gosh, what was it? Stephanie was talking about, my wife Stephanie, was telling me about one of uh, her text conversations with a friend of our daughter's. And uh, she was comparing herself to others. And and Stephanie asked me this morning, she goes, you know, why do people, why is it that pe- so many people compare their sel- themselves to others? And it just so happened to be the, that this friend of my of our daughters was comparing her abilities and her skill set and her 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 level of efficiency with math with another friend of theirs and she's like you know i'm just so jealous because that person just seems so gifted and talented and skilled in the area of of math and i'm so f- much further behind and you know woe is me and 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 it's like Hey, it's not our abilities that that dictate who we are, or what we have to offer to the world. It's our choices of what we choose to do, what we choose to focus on. What are we going to do? And so I, I like the idea of this quote. It is our choices that show what we really are. And so the questions I would ask you and I ask myself, what choices am I making? Whether I have great abilities to do the, the some of the skills and the abilities that I have, I could do great things with them you know what, I could do terrible things with some of the skills that I have. And it's not the skill that makes me who I am, it's what I choose to do with the skill. And for some of the things, is, it's not, there are some things I would love to do, but I don't have certain skills. Like for example, I'm not gonna be singing to you anytime soon. I'm not necessarily going to be showing up at a karaoke party with more than a couple close friends that I know are going to limit their laughing at me in front of my face and aren't going to talk about it for years to come behind my back. So karaoke, singing, skill, not one that I have, all right? 
but it, it's it's not even it so it's not just my abilities it's not, or my lack of abilities it's what am i going to choose to do what i choose to do on a daily basis with what i have that's determining who i am and what what i am to this world i love that anyway another quote it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. And this is from the Sorcerer's Stone. And I believe this is a part where um, Harry Potter encounters an object that allows him to see his, his mom and dad, who he's never actually known as an adult. Uh, and his because of, a, because of an accident that you learn at the very first of the story. So I'm not giving you too much of a spoiler here. But he has this ability through a certain object to to see his parents and he spends a lot of time with this object just sitting there you know forgetting the world not engaging with the world but just dreaming about this this interaction and 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 being able to see his parents and so Dumbledore finally uh, catches up with him and knows that he's been around and knows that he's done this and he's like okay this is long enough he says listen it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Now, what does this quote have to do with anything for me? Well, there are many times when I would, in the past, dream about the future. I would think about the things that I want, that I have coming up, the things that I want to accomplish, the things down the road. And oftentimes, everything I would do, would be doing in my life would be for something in the future. I, I would be Everything would be about the dream. I'm going to work hard today. I'm going to do this. I'm going to sacrifice this time. I'm going to do this. And the the thing here is it, it does not do well for us to dwell on the dreams of the future all the time. Although I think it does do well for us to have dreams. I do believe that. But not to be so focused on our dreams that we forget to live life today. That we forget to actually enjoy the moments that we have today. Because the reality is while I think it's a, I think it's important for us to expect that we will be here five to ten years from now. I think it's important for us to have dreams of what we hope life might look like and what we might be able to accomplish or do or or be able to to interact with in over the next five to ten years. But the thing is, we're not guaranteed that we'll be here five to. We're not guaranteed we'll be here tomorrow. And so the question is, you know, what did I do today that mattered? What did I, how did I spend the time that was given me today? And, and ever since I've come to the realization that, you know what, every single moment that I breathe in air on this earth is a precious gift from God to me. And I need to understand and embrace that I have life to live today. Yes, there are things, goals and plans and hopes for the future. And trust me, I have some big ones to, to say the very least, ones that even scare me, which is fine. But there are things, there are goals and dreams and hopes that I have for this evening. There are hopes and goals that I have for this day, the, the, this moment, that right here, right now, talking with you. It is my hope and dream to live in this moment and say, you know what? Yeah, I know that by doing this right here, right now, it's keeping me from doing that thing that I could be planning for that thing five years down the road. You know, th- there, this is the moment right here. Be present, be here now. It does not do well to just only dream but and and forget to live. So I love that little quote there. Um, another quote is from Dumbledore, uh, and it's to Harry. 
And it says, numbing the pain for a while will make it worse when you really feel it or when you finally feel it. So Harry had just had a terrible experience and and one that comes with lots of grief, lots of pain, lots of hurt, and one that if if I mean if this were a real situation, the the being able witnessing what he had just witnessing and experiencing what he had just I mean, it, it it would throw somebody into shock like you would not believe. And so Dumbledore's Dumbledore is like, listen, you know, it, if you know, if I thought it would help, I I would put a sleeping charm on you and you would sleep and, and it would numb the pain for a while. But I know better. And he says, listen, numbing the pain for a while will make it worse when you finally feel it. Delaying this pain, delaying the grief, delaying the the grieving process. And and so numbing the pain for a while, this makes me think about some of the things I think people, you know, are concerned about, you know, going through and and maybe turning to entertainment to quote unquote medicate your your pain from the other things that you're putting off. So if you are, for example, be becoming obsessed with Harry Potter or a movie series or a TV series or binge watching something and you're doing that because it numbs the the pain of the the of something else that's going on in your life then yeah that, that I don't think that that's a very healthy thing to do at all and I would agree with those who would encourage you not to to use those as as uh as medication, if you will, for some of the things that we of the painful things that we have going on in our lives. Th- sometimes, what we need to do is we need to face we need to face the pain. We need to experience the pain, and we need to be able to get and to work through the pain. And if we delay it, it may actually be worse in the end. Um, and so, I, I I totally get that. I I could go deeper, but I think you could probably just you could probably pause this podcast and think about where in your own life. Have you been numbing the pain for quite some time uh, where ultimately maybe it's time to seek some healing in that area? Maybe it's time to to start processing the grief and and maybe it will be a little bit more uh, difficult. It might be even worse. The pain might even be worse because you've put it off. But is it, t- is it time to finally deal with the pain? And, and what, what do you need to do to deal with that pain? Uh, what do you need to do to find healing? And, and maybe it's time to, to do that. So... Yeah, a little word of advice there. And then um, I love this one. This is huge. And it's it's really what's going to lead me into the overall topic uh, of the main thing I want to share with you today and about this, what you believe will shape your future. And that is this. This is another Dumbledore quote. He said this in the Deathly Hallows book. He says, words are, in my not so humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic capable of both influencing injury and remedying it. All right, so words are our most inexhaustible source of magic. They're capable, and I I would actually say they're they're actually capable of inflicting injury and healing people from injury. And so this entire series, this book, is all about this magical wizarding world, you know, where people, where there are, there are incantations and you say these words and they, 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 they enact some kind of spell or charm or whatever the case may be. And I love how these charms and stuff, it's really a metaphor for what happens with the words that we throw out. And, and if you think about 
words being magical, they really are. Words can bring things into existence. Words can shape things. And words can definitely inflict harm and injury. And words can help heal. And so the words that we choose, the language that we choose is so important in our daily lives and the things, the ways that the ways that we use words in our business, in our personal life, our fitness, in our health, our family, our language is so vitally important for us to imagine. And and so I, I love the idea of there. Even in the book, there are some of these things that are they're, they're the in the unforgivable curses. So there are these unforgivable. Uh, incantations or words that you would say to inflict harm on others. And and the same should be true of words. You know, it's like, listen, I, I refuse to ever allow myself to speak these words to another person because it's not fair. And, and of course, we could think of, you know, um, we could think of saying, like some of the so, so-and-so you're such a terrible person you, you or you could say some really bad things it's hard for me because I'm I just I'm so not that person I can't I, I have a hard time saying very negative things I, okay in the past I've had some people where in the heat of the moment I was so angry that yes I've been I've been quite capable of saying some pretty mean and nasty things to them but you know the thing is that it's not just that it's sometimes it's like you know, well, that person is just so this, and you just and and the reality is, it's like, well, no, that you're what you're doing is you're actually giving that person and saying that that person equals that identity. And it's like, no, that you, I would not, I would not use those words. I, it, that those words are very powerful. And when you say so and so is, and then you in, insert the you know insert blank here, and the blank is a negative thing what you're doing is you're saying that person is something you know they're defined by that characteristic and the reality is is maybe they've had a history of struggling with it but to say they are that that that's their identity those kind of things words are powerful uh they're, they're the most inexhaustible source of magic that we have and we can inflict great injury even the slightest variation of a word and a phrase and how we assign them to people and their identity. Uh, boy, language has become so important. And and language, the, the words that we speak can influence what people believe. So if all of a sudden, if you say, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to give an example here. Let's just say Joe. There's this guy named Joe and he's always late, right? Uh, he's He's late all the time. And he and and basically he uh, he is uncaring. Let's let's just say we we associate that in our mind and say that we think that that Joe is disrespectful. You know, okay. So Joe is always late, and so we we see that as disrespectful to us, and so we start saying uh, instead of saying Joe seems to be late all the time, he struggles with being late. He struggles with understanding the the priority of others and and and, and uh, valuing their time. Instead, we say, Joe is so disrespectful, you know? And, and if all of a sudden we say that enough, other people will be influenced to believe that Joe is disrespectful. If word gets back to Joe and he's struggled and he sincerely has different issues that have come up each time, 
But the the fact is, is that eventually if it gets back to him, he all of a sudden believes that I'm just a disrespectful person. And all of a sudden it becomes a part of their identity. They believe it and they just start being disrespectful, not just in showing up late, but in other areas because it just slowly creeps in. I know that this might be going really deep, but I, I believe that our words have powerful influence and they can influence what other people believe, what we believe and and I believe that what we believe will shape our future. So that's where we get to the topic of this. And I hope that you guys are okay. T- tell me in the comments of this episode. Go to podcastanswerman.com slash 468 and say, Cliff, first 36 minutes, total waste of my life. You know, if that's the case, let me know if it was a total waste of your life. If you found some value in hearing just the how I'm, you know, obsessed with Harry Potter for three weeks and and how it t- took me out of podcasting for a couple weeks and 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 here's some takeaways a couple quotes and you know what was it valuable to you if if the first 36 minutes of this episode were valuable let me know that as well I, I would love to know if I just wasted 36 minutes of your moment it's important to me to know that podcastanswerman.com slash 468 if you leave a comment within 30 days you can do it right there on the site if you uh, are listening to this more than 30 days after I release it, the comment section are turned off. You can send me an email, cliff at podcastanswerman.com and just put episode 468 Harry Potter in the subject line. I'm going to take a drink of water here. I'm not going to edit this week's episode. I do have some other things to do uh, and I'm not going to tell you I don't have time. I just have other things that are more important. <sighs> Excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> more important than editing this week. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Putting my own language into into action. So what you believe will shape your future. This is something that I started doing after I came back from the Tony Robbins event. As soon as I came back, I started enacting a morning routine, and I I, I created a bunch of, of of written journals. Actually, I started one written journal, and I realized there are a couple different types of things that I was writing about in my written journal, and I separated them out into separate written journals. The cool thing is, is that they're actually written in an iPad Pro. Absolutely love my, what is this, the 12.9, it's, it's the big, the, the largest size iPad Pro that's available. I have the Apple Pencil, I use the GoodNotes 4 app, and handwriting onto a virtual piece of paper is literally 10 times, 50 times, 100 times better than writing in a real notebook. And trust me, I have been obsessed with writing handwritten notes for years. It, it, it's always been my preference. And then I started doing digital because I wanted to be able to reorder and refer, I wanted to be able to search and good notes allows me to search any of the handwritten notes, even with my handwriting. And it allows me to just, you know, I can circ- I can lasso certain things and I can reorder them and drag and drop. It's most incredible thing, but that's not what we're talking about today. But I have this thing where I created a separate notebook, a separate notebook called my truth and identity file. Remember that for me, the year of 2016, this entire year, my most common theme that I'm looking out for is my identity, trying to fully grasp a, a clearer and crisper picture of who I am, who I was created to be, where I am today, and where am I heading moving forward from here. And so identity is a big thing for me. And also, so it's called my truth and identity file. And by truth, I mean, what are the things that I believe 
to be true. And what I believe to be true will shape my life. I do know this. And so sometimes we have these things called limiting beliefs. And by the way, every, not everything we believe to be true is actually true. <laughs> How about that? And, and boy, the, we can go into some, you know, even some of the heaviest things in the, in the realm of theology, things that I thought were just irrefutable truths in the past. Today, I still believe some of them, but I'm even open to the idea that I might be misunderstanding. It could be. But it's the, the fact is, is I act upon what I believe to be true. And and what I believe to be true is what is what I act upon. It's it, it that I, I know I just said that the reverse, but that 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 is the reality. And so I'm always asking myself, what do I believe to be true? And then I try to test that by experience in my own life. I tested by the experience of others by uh, reading from their materials or being inspired by the things they're sharing. And if they share something that butts up against something I believe to be true, then I evaluate, is this true for me? You know, is this a universal truth? Is this something that is, you know, is this something that is, uh, what do you call that? Is, is it something that depends on who you are and what's true for you might not be true for me? I think there are some things that are, that are universal truths. I think there are some things that are, ir, are irrefutable. They're true for everyone. But some things might be, you know, dependent upon the situation and depending on the person. So the question is, is what do I believe to be true? And and some of these things are things that are going to shape the decisions that I make, the way that I spend my time, the way that I prioritize, uh, the way that I process uh, circumstances and situations and obstacles. It's it, It'll help determine whether or not I immediately turn to fear and anger and anxiety and worry and doubt, or if I turn to hope and, and, and faith and confidence that things are going to work out. Um, what I believe is going to shape all of that for me. So, what I did is I decided, you know, I've always been a huge fan of quotes, which is why I started out sharing with you some of my quotes that I, I picked up from Dumbledore out of the Harry Potter series, right? But, um, so I've always, I've always loved quotes and I've always loved, you know, collecting quotes from certain people. And some quotes, I think, contradict each other. But the ones that I love are the ones where I can say, you know what, this is something that I know to be true and I want it to be an influence in my daily life. And so the idea of my truth and identity file or my truth and identity notebook is that these are these are things that I want. These are quotes or things that I believe to be true. They're not all quotes, but these are things that I believe to be true that as long as I believe them to be true, I want to be consistently and constantly reminded of them. And so while my goal, (laughs) my dream would be that I would actually read every single one of these every single morning, that I would start my day influencing my mindset by the things that I believe to be true. And right now I have eight pages of handwritten notes. And now it's not gonna take me a ton of time to read them all to you, but I do wanna read to you some of the things that I believe to be true, all right? And I'm not going to explain all of them, but I'm going to read to you and you can go through yourself and see if some of these uh, resonate with you. Some of them probably won't, uh, especially if you're not a Christian or a believer, like the for the very first one here. Number one, I believe that I am deeply loved by God. Matter of fact, I'm not going to say I believe. I'm actually going to read to you exactly how they're written here. So here's, they're actually written like this. The first one is, I am deeply loved 
loved by God. I am deeply loved by God. I believe that God is the creator, that he created me, and that I am deeply loved by him, and it has absolutely nothing to do with my code of con- my moral code of conduct. What I do or don't do does not change or reflect God's deep love for me. I am absolutely convinced that I am deeply loved by God. That's the very first thing on my list, and actually, deeply loved is in all caps. All right, my next one is, My every need has been and will continue to be provided by God. I do believe, first of all, I can, hands down, I can point out several areas in my past where my every need up to this point has been provided for. And I believe that it has been provided for by God. There are many things that I've done as well that have helped uh, fill in those provisions. There are some things where it's very clear that I didn't do it and and God just came through. But whether either if it's by my own hand, it's because of the gifts and the skills and the talents and the drive that God's given me. I believe that first and foremost, my every need up to this point has been provided for by God. And because of the history of never being let down or failed by God, I believe that my every need moving forward will be. So this is what my truth and identity is. It says my every need has been and will continue to be provided by God. All right. The next one is, I am here for a reason. My gifts, talents, and other experiences are meant to be shared with others. I believe this. This is something that that is everything about me here on this earth. I believe that I am here for a purpose, and one of the things that I feel is my purpose, my calling in life, is to share my gifts, my talents, my experiences, and to share them with others. As I am actually working to become more of who God has created me to be, I want to help them. In fact, this next one here says, uh, this one might be a little too arrogant for some of you, but this one here, this is the next one. It says, there is a greatness deep inside my soul. And each day, I am becoming more and more who I was created to be. The next one is, I have the ability to control my emotions, and I choose to live in a beautiful state of mind. Joy-filled, extremely thankful, awe-filled, passionate, playful, fun, creative, and curious. I'm just going to continue to read these. I'm going to try to avoid a lot of commentary because I want to get through these. I want to give you guys an idea of who Cliff is, what he believes, and what makes him tick as he talks about himself in the third person. (laughs) Anyway, I choose to be happy every day of my life, no matter what, even when things don't go my way, even if injustice comes my way, because life is too short to suffer. Life is a gift. I do not settle for good or even great. Outstanding. Standing is my target. I am fully devoted to growth every single day. And by the way, growth means personal development, becoming more of who I was created to be. Um, the next one, I consistently look for ways to serve others and the greater good. I consistently look for ways to serve others and the greater good. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. I am most effective in serving others by first living a life well-lived, 
a life where I am genuinely fulfilled. I am the master of the art of fulfillment. I am the master of the science of achievement. I am able to find patterns when studying the success of others and apply them to my life. I am. I have learned that I can achieve any goal by, number one, believing it's possible, number two, writing it down, number three, telling others about it, and number four, working the plan as it develops. I set goals. I visualize and know my outcome. I take massive action. I trust that God is always working in the background on my behalf. I show up with love, not judgment, gratitude, not lack, faith instead of fear, and I am committed to helping others do the same. I am rich in this present world. However, I will not allow this to make me an arrogant person. I will not put my hope in my financial wealth which is so uncertain. Instead, I will place my hope in God who richly provides me with everything for my enjoyment. I am committed to do good, to being also rich in good deeds. I am a generous man who is devoted to sharing. Which, by the way, if if any of that language uh, kind of kind of worries people that that God is providing me everything for my enjoyment and that I am a rich person and it's okay for me to be rich and blah, blah, blah. Well, I just want to tell you, what I just read for you is just a minor uh, re- modern rephrasing for my own purposes of 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. Look it up. 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. But I just wrote it down. I am rich in this present world. However, I will not allow this to make me an arrogant person. I will not put my hope in financial wealth, which is so uncertain. Instead, I am placing my hope in God, who richly provides me with everything for my enjoyment. I am committed to do good. I am also rich in good deeds. I am, gener- I am a generous man who is devoted to sharing. Check that out, 1 Timothy six seventeen and 18. Um, here's the next one. Every individual moment that my heart beats is a priceless gift from God to me. I live fully alive in each moment with joy and thankfulness. Knowing that God is my number one fan, I am committed to being my own number two fan. I celebrate my own accomplishments, big and small. I give myself high fives. I pat myself on the back. I give myself hugs. And I will, and I will actually leave out some of the words there because there's some there's some language that came from the Tony Robbins event that's kind of unique, and I don't want to take time to explain it here. But uh, yeah, I, I love I love that. It used to actually I I changed that because um, this is what these are these are my truth and identity. These are things that I believe to be true. And it used to say I am my own number one fan. And I'm like, wait a second, I don't believe that to be true. I do not believe that to be true. The truth is, is that knowing that God is my number one fan, I'm committed to being my own number two fan. I'm good with that. (laughs) So there you go. All right, we're on page three now. I am never at a lack for wisdom, for when I need it, I simply ask God who gives it to me generously without finding any fault within me. By the way, that's James 1, 5 in the Bible. In fact, the next two are from the Bible as well. 
I am financially wealthy. However, it is not my power or strength that has produced this wealth for me. It is God who has gifted me with the ability to provide or to uh, to produce wealth. That is Deuteronomy 17 and 18, by the way. 8, 17 and 18. Uh, I refuse to concern myself with how others may judge me and my actions. I have been given divine access to the mind of Christ and Jesus has given me his Holy Spirit to evaluate my own life and actions. That is 1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. I want to, and, and by the way, for those, and trust me, I used to be a people pleaser like nothing else. I used to really get upset when people didn't like me or admit, thought bad things about me. And in fact, if some of you were to email me and tell me you really thought the first 36 minutes of my episode was a total waste of your time and, and you don't even know why I continue to listen to the podcast, blah, blah, it probably would affect me to a, a, a small degree. But here's the thing, I, if, if it comes as a judgment and it's, and it's critical and nasty and stuff like that, I, you know what, it, it, I'm still going to feel it, but here's what I will tell you, I, I, if, if I genuinely do believe that I've wasted people's times, I will change, I, I will try to not waste people's time in the future with, by sharing things like the Harry Potter for 36 minutes, but here's the thing. I refuse to concern myself with how others might judge me and my actions. If you want, it's one thing to let me know that, hey, I didn't find that as helpful as others. It's a whole nother thing to judge me. It's like, Cliff, you're just so arrogant and you're just so, you know, get, wrap it up, dude. You're, you're a waste, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. If, if it comes back as judgment and somebody says, I can't believe you charge for this, I can't believe this, they, they don't know my motives, they don't know my actions. It doesn't matter to me. I refuse to concern myself with how others may judge me in my actions. I have been given a divine access to the mind of Christ and Jesus has given me his spirit to evaluate my own life and actions. I believe the spirit of God is my judge who will help convict me of what is right and wrong. And I do believe that he oftentimes will use others to initiate some of those thoughts and and evaluations, but still I will not allow others to judge me. All right. I have no reason for stress, anxiety, or worry. I have been given the gift of today to accomplish all that God desires for my life, knowing that whatever I do or I don't accomplish today, God is working all the details. He's working out all the details. His plans for my success may be different than the plans and to-do lists that I have made for myself. By the way, that is not a Bible verse. It's just a compilation of the things that I felt God has clearly communicated to me over all of my existence uh, on this earth and my relationship with him. I'll read it one more time. And and the biggest thing, the, there are some quotes from the Bible that I can think of that have influenced this. One is, be anxious about nothing is something that Jesus said. <laughs> Don't worry about anything. It's pretty clear, those words. But anyway, here's here's my wording on that one again. I have no reason for stress, anxiety, or worry. I have been given the gift of today to accomplish all that God desires for my life. Knowing that whatever I do or don't accomplish today, God is working out all the details. His plans for my success may be different than the plans and to-do lists that I have made for myself. All right, next is, I refuse to see any problem as being any bigger than it truly is. Now, of course, I talked about that one uh, in the Science of Achievement episode a couple weeks ago. Next one is, I know that the way for me to master anything is through the power of repetition. 
If I'm not great at something right now, all I have to do is do it again and do it again and do it again and again and again and eventually I'll become a master of it. All right, we're on page four. So uh, we need to keep going here. I do not desire to change others. Instead, I am focused on living in a beautiful state of mind and constantly creating a powerful and positive change in all areas of my own life. I know from experience that a life well-lived can have the greatest impact and influence in the lives of others. I don't sweat the small stuff, and I believe that it is all small stuff to God. (laughs) The next one is, I am a force for good. The next one is, the world is my playground. I'm allowing myself to wrap my mind around that one. I love that one personally. The world is my playground. And I'm trying to think about this one is is when I used to think of just how out of reach it seemed at one time when I ever, the first time I dreamed of hearing Father Roderick walk through his neighborhood in Amersfoort in the Netherlands. And I'm like, man, wouldn't it be great if one day I could actually save up enough money and and maybe you know, in my wildest dream, visit the the Netherlands and and hang out for a day with Father Roderick. Wow, what a world that would be. Or what if I could become a public speaker and and travel to some cool places, you know, outside of the United States and stuff like that. Well, you know what? In the past year, I've been to the Netherlands. I've been to Paris. I've been to Scotland. I've been to Manchester in the UK. I've been to the Isle of Wight. I've been to the, I've been to Stonehenge. I I have been to New Zealand for 10 days. It has been incredible. And you know what? The world is my playground. God created this place and he's put, I believe the world is my, I believe it. And because I believe the world is my playground, I'm telling you right now, that belief will shape my future and how I, how, how much of this world I get to enjoy. I believe that. All right. Moving forward, when communicating with others, I am committed to curiosity. I avoid the overuse of advice giving. Instead, I ask questions that lead others to find the answers that they are looking for within themselves. When I do this, they discover how powerful they really are, and I often learn from the answer that they come up with. I know that if I'm angry, frustrated, stressed, fearful, worried, etc., I will have a more difficult time coming up with a solution to a problem than if I were in a beautiful state of mind. When solving problems, I will be joy-filled, extremely thankful, awe-filled, passionate, playful, fun, creative, and curious. Page five. When faced with suffering of any kind, I trade my expectations for appreciation. Knowing that my, and by the way, there's a little sub thing here. Uh, My expectations are just preferences. All right, moving on. My brain cannot tell the difference between what is real or not real when I imagine it. I will therefore be ever mindful of the things that I focus on and allow myself to imagine. Hmm, think about that one, guys. My brain cannot tell the difference between what what is real or not real when I imagine it. I will therefore be I will therefore be ever mindful of the things that I focus on and allow myself to imagine. 
And that goes, you, you can tie that one into the, you know, I will not allow myself to imagine things as worse than they are. Imagine all the bad things that might happen. You know, th- th- yeah. Anyway, starting my day early in the morning is a huge blessing that allows me to devote quality time to personal growth and to plan my day on my own terms. I can create as much money as I want by providing value to others. I know that I may not always get my wants, but I will always achieve my musts. While I do, let's see here. While I do life with several folks who are further down the path of success in many areas of life, the truth is, is that I have far more financial wealth, business experience, and even greater success with health and fitness than most people that I have ever known or met. Now, this one has a lot to do with a lot of limiting beliefs that I would allow myself to have. What value do I have and stuff like this? And this this was not always true for me, but I am in a place in my life where sometimes I have to remind myself, you know what, I do, yeah, I do life with people like Michael Hyatt and and I have regular text conversations with uh, Dan Miller and, and Ray Edwards and we get on the phone and talk with these guys and yeah, these guys are further down the road. They have tons more experience. They have lots more to offer a lot of people than than I do. There's no question about that. But sometimes I allow myself to think, well, because I don't have as much as them, why would people pay to have access to me or hire me as a coach? And and I, and I'm like, wait a second. And and I believe this to be true. This isn't something that isn't none. By the way, none of this is fake it till it make it stuff. I don't write it here until I absolutely believe it's true. And this I do believe is true. I'm going to read it one more time. While I do life with several folks who are further down the path of success in many areas of life, the truth is is that I have far more financial wealth, business experience, and even greater success in health and fitness than most people that I know or have ever met. The next line, this this is one of those ones that that okay, this is one where I have to be reminded of this. I do believe this. But I have to remind myself that this is the one that is this next one is the one that sometimes I I struggle with believing it. Sometimes I forget it. And it's three words. I am enough. I am. I am enough. Uh, Who I don't have to have to add value to other people's lives. I don't have to go learn something new, have to have another experience. I am enough today. To, that's it. I am enough right now. I am enough. Now, I will be enough. I am enough. Now, am I going to stop where I'm at? No. I, I, all, I'm committed to growth, but I am enough. I don't, have, I don't have to do anything else to be valuable. All right. I have a tremendous amount of value to add to others. So that one's just a follow-up of the other ones, right? Anyway, page six, every resource I need is available to me. I do believe that. It might take some digging. It might take a lot of work to get to that resource. But I believe that every resource that I need is available to me. Next one, God has a purpose for my life and is constantly working behind the scenes on my behalf. I think that one was on page one or two as well, but uh, for some reason I forgot that it was there. By the way, I'm adding to these as I come up with new things, all right? Um, So the next one is, uh, no mistake I make, big or small, can ultimately screw up God's will and purpose for my life. 
He takes everything I do or don't do and somehow works it all out in the end for my good. I find great joy. Uh, Let me do this one again. I find great joy in and seek to celebrate the success of others. I am an effective leader who is committed to, number one, seeing things as they really are, not worse than they really are. Number two, seeing them as better than they are, as I have vision, and without which the people will perish. And number three, I am committed to making things better through the proper strategy and uh, psychology. So it's the whole science of achievement. But um, yeah, I, that, that's something I believe. I'm, I believe I am a great leader because I'm committed to those three things. Uh, yeah, we talked about that recently. So I learn most effectively when I have energy, emotion, or I am in motion. All right, that, that, we're not going to go into detail. I know I'm already over an hour. So, uh, But I do believe that I learn most effectively when I have energy, when I have a strong emotional response uh, happening, or if I am actually in motion. All right. So, it, by the way, good idea to learn on a treadmill if, if you can handle that. All right. Um, let's see here. I know that in the past, the only reason I didn't have what I wanted was because of the story I told myself about why I didn't have it. Hmm. I know that in the past, the only reason I didn't have what I wanted was because of the story I told myself about why I didn't have it. I will stop asking what's wrong. Instead, I will start focusing on questions like, what's right? I am committed to living a joyous life every day. I am committed to being grateful in every circumstance. If things don't go well for my way, I will let it go. I will not allow such circumstances to stand in the way of my being committed to living in a beautiful state. I am committed to finding great riches in every moment. When negative thoughts or emotions pop up, and they will, I will be mindful to change my physiology, my focus, and my language. When approaching something new, I don't have to be great to get started, but I do have to get started to become great. Prosperity and abundance flow to me in direct proportion to the amount of care, service, and help that I give to others. I will not judge each day by the harvest I reap. Instead, I will judge each day by the seeds that I plant. Food is fuel for my body. I am committed to consuming foods that promote steady energy levels throughout my day. Consuming sugar and excessive carbohydrates causes my body to produce insulin. Insulin is known as the storage hormone, and when present in the body, it will store glucose in the muscle tissue, the liver, and adipose tissue, a.k.a. potty fat. Um, Insulin, uh, let's see, what is that one here? Insulin... Okay, insulin running through my body will also cause fat to be stored. Um, I am healthier and less likely to go, uh, let's see, go, I'm less likely to gain weight. These are the newest ones. I'm on page eight, so these are the newest ones here. I haven't said these to myself over and over again as much as the other ones. Insulin running through my body will increase body fat, uh, will cause body fat to be stored, um, or cause fat to be stored, so as body fat. So if if I actually eat... Uh, food that has fat in it, and then insulin is now coursing through my body, it will take that fat and store it, store it as adipose uh, tissue. 
Anyway, um, I am healthier and less likely like less likely to gain weight from increased body fat when I avoid foods that trigger an insulin response. My body will also become efficient at burning the fuel that I ingest the most time most of the time. Uh, if I eat more calories from carbs every day than any, than anything else, my body will use glucose as its primary fuel source. However, if I feed my body more fat and protein than carbs every day, my body will synthesize ATP, the muscle's fuel, from fat and amino acids. I therefore am committed to eating more calories from fat and protein than carbs every day. Now, don't get me wrong. I eat carbs but I make sure that carbs is is in that I have equal or less proportion of carbs when compared to the fat and protein that I eat. Anyway, um, I know that it all it takes is just one pivotal idea for a book, conference, or coaching call, or course, or other resource to change my life forever. I am in the business of creating resources that consistently contain such pivotal ideas. And that, my friends, is the le- the last of the current state of where my truth and identity file is. But that, my friends, if you want to know how, and by the way, this is not all the things I believe. I've only been doing this since June, and I, quite honestly, I've been so hyper-focused on a bunch of projects and been accomplishing so many things. I haven't added a lot more to this. If, if If I could just think of all of the things that are my driving force, the things that I believe, the, the powerful quotes that I've applied to my life as universal truths that I just know that that are that will help shape my future and and that I do know if I act upon them, I I can do things that I, I wouldn't do otherwise if I didn't think about these things. If, if I if I could actually share with you all of the things that drive all of the decisions, I would have hundreds of pages of these things. But right now I have eight pages and right now I just shared with you all of the eight things that I've written, that I've taken the time to write down the things that I believe that actually help me process all of the things that go on in my life. It's my truth and identity file. And I just want to encourage you guys. Why don't you start your own? Why don't you start a notebook and begin to write down the things that you believe. And by the way, if you have limiting beliefs or if you have some beliefs and and all of a sudden you you come across something and and your mindset has expanded and and you wrote down something that no you no longer believe, well if it's in a physical right notebook then just cross it out and 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 then at the end wherever you're at in your notebook, write down the new belief. And, and and move forward and let these things that, they, that you believe. And you'll notice that it's a very positive mindset focused thing. And I believe in positive things. And I believe that what you focus on is what you feel. I focus on positive things. I feel positive energy. That is how I am able to be who I am, accomplish the things that I do. It's what keeps me moving. It's what keeps me motivated. What you hear here is eight pages of notes of the things that cause me to make the decisions to serve people the way that I serve them. It's why I wake up in the morning and do what I do. Guys, what you believe will shape your future. It will shape your decisions. What you believe will change your life. And so I want to encourage you to take stock, to take account, 
and maybe even create your own truth and identity file. One thing I can tell you, you might have heard these from other people called affirmations. And I, you know, affirmation seems, I don't think there's anything wrong with the word affirmations. But, but you know what? These are more than affirmations for me. These are beliefs. And, and beliefs to me is a, is a hardcore, deep down in my heart sort of issue sort of thing. And I just want to encourage you to begin to take stock of the things that you believe. Start writing them down and allow yourself to be reminded of them consistently, if not daily. And that, my friends, is my encouragement for you guys to take your message, your business, your life to the next level. And I know that we're already way over an hour. I'm not going to edit this episode, not because I don't have time, because I do. I just have other things that are incredibly critically important to me. And I do ask and beg of your forgiveness. And I hope that I didn't waste any of your time today with the first 36 minutes of this episode, that you found it at least entertaining and somewhat valuable in one other way, shape, or form. But I do want to let you know that if you want to create a podcast where you can use your words, your spoken words, you know, the most magical source, the unexhaustible magic that we have, your words to influence and impact other people's lives in a powerful way. If you want to create a podcast to take your message, your business, your life to the next level, I want to be your coach, personal coach, direct access to me. For four full weeks, my next session, 27th session of Podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, October 3rd. It is just, by the time this is released, just over one week away. Is this the time? Please, let's work together. PodcastingAtoZ.com. Let me help you get that podcast launched. You can do it. You can change people's lives. I promise you, it is going to be a journey like nothing else. Until next time, my friends, God bless. We'll talk to you soon.